Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Great to have you with us today. Thanks for joining us on these Morning Moments podcasts. Just some thoughts here and there, some political, some not, um, some just Bible, practical living in 40-plus years of ministry and um, 40 years, over 40 years of pastor, plus the many uh, and things I was involved in in other ministries prior to that, um, there's a lot of a lot of uh, needs, I guess you'd say, a lot of a lot of training we need, a lot of uh, pitfalls in the Christian life, and and I've seen people succeed wonderfully. I've seen people stumble and struggle through life. I want to give you a thought today, just about. Uh, being mad at God. And I know you'd never dream of being mad at God. But let me just run through quickly a few things. Job lost his 10 children and his health, and he handled it okay. And it says, uh, it says that he said, the Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Another attack came from Satan uh, after the loss of his health and his, his wife's uh, challenging of her. Job said, shall we receive good at the hand of the Lord and not evil also? And again, Job stood true. It was not these things that brought Job to the precipice of wrong. See, Job had some friends. They came along. They're good men. They, they fasted for a week, just sat broken over this good man. And, and they were friends. And sometimes a friend is, a, is the one that can hurt you most, whether it be your spouse, a child, or just a friend from church or work, whatever. See, after a while... After seven days of fasting and weeping together, Job started commenting on the situation. Then they started, and when you get started talking, sometimes you can sure get foolish. This old mouth of ours is sure a dangerous thing. While his friends, they begin to attack his personal righteousness. They worked their way up to accusing his children, slandering his character. And it was then that Job began to bathe in self-pity and turn in frustration toward God See, when we're pressed, and I mean pressed until that weak spot is discovered, that you know, mankind is, has, got, has got the idea that we have a right to be angry at God, and I'm going to address that more in a moment. But um, the fact is when trials come that are deep and serious, and, and uh, those things, they reveal the weakness in my spirit, the chink in my armor. And uh, you know, people go through life, and they, they may ignore the existence of God, but when hurt comes, um, somebody needs to bear the brunt of their anguish. And so we have people who don't even believe in God, never talk about God, suddenly they're blaming God or Christians. And, and I mean faithful Christians. Uh, they can get blame in God. Um, and, and like Job, when you get into deep sorrow and people that you thought loved you and people that you've loved, uh, they begin to cast verbal um, and, and angry uh, things at you and and pretty soon, boy, if you're not careful, uh, we can begin to be angry at the, the loving God who gave his son to die for our sins. You know, many of backslidden Christians that's home tonight, <clears throat> bitter at their former church, bitter at the pastor, bitter at their parents, bitter over, bitter at religion. Uh, they're in fundamentalist anonymous or whatever. And, and, and they're bitter. They're, maybe it's the failure of their own children. Maybe it's the failure of their marriage. Maybe it's the failure of their own moral propriety and discretion that uh, whatever it might be i have no idea 
But many people begin to blame God for their trouble. And uh, perhaps it was the plan of God. I mean, God does put things in our lives that are difficult. You cannot read your Bible and not realize that God brings trials. God brings suffering. God brings affliction with a purpose. David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. And, and oh, we ought to be so careful uh, to not be angry at God, at his church, his people, and um, you know, I, I could lose my marriage, but oh, by God's grace, I'm going to keep loving him and serving him. I could lose my children, but I'm going to keep loving the church that Jesus bought with his own blood. And it may be some people in the church will let me down. And uh, in 40 plus years, you might guess that perhaps a few people have hurt me along the way. But oh, I love his church. And I've talked about that in a couple of these podcasts recently. But oh, I love his church. I love, I love the people of God. And, uh, and I can tell you, I even love those who've hurt me. They, uh, just, we ought to be so patient with people. See, many people blame God for their trouble. But, uh, you know, let's don't be angry at the one who holds the world in his hands. Over in Ezra chapter 10, verse 3, it says, Those that tremble at the commandment of our God. You know what? There ought to be a trembling in our hearts toward God. Job 38, 2 says something similar. Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? And down in verse 35, canst thou send lightnings that they may go and say unto thee, here we are. God is, God has the, the lightning stand at attention waiting for his instructions. Who are we to get mad at God? Well, toward latter chapters of Job, uh, the book of Job, God just really gets on Job and chews him out for a couple of chapters and and oh, at that point, Job, Job chapter 40, Job gives the right answer. In chapter 40, verse 4, Job says, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I'll lay my hand upon my mouth once have I spoken, but I'll not answer, yea, twice, but I will proceed no further. And Job said, Hush my mouth. And that's exactly the right attitude when you get caught being foolish and, and, uh, and accusing God. And after his humble submission to the Lord, if you read it, it's so good. Um, in chapter 40, you think, oh, he's broke. Job is broken. He's coming humbly before God. And then just God takes another chapter or two and just continues to rip Job up one side and down the other. Um, God was made, a man was made for God's glory. And this man who has no power, no wisdom that dared to challenge God or accuse God. And Job was reminded over and over and over that he better fear before God and tremble. David wrote of it in Psalm 99.1, the Lord reigneth, let the people tremble. God asks the question in Jeremiah 5, 22, Fear ye not me, saith the Lord. Will you not tremble, tremble at my presence? See, when circumstances in life go hard against your dreams and our goals, when uh, suffering enters our life, we may weep, cry out to God. We may pour our hearts out and lay broken before him. Oh, but let's not be so foolish as to accuse him. Now, there have been times in my life, my wife and my lives, when, when we, just, we just were sick at the hurt and the suffering in our family and people that we love and and we we just didn't know what to do and there were times we looked up to heaven and said god what are we supposed to do but i i don't believe we've ever accused him or slandered him uh, there's times i told god i think i think i've learned my lesson god if you want to let this thing go now and he just ignored me and kept doing what he thought was right because he's god over in Job chapter 1, verse 22, And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. That's how the child of God ought to be. Do we think, just think for a minute, do we think God is hurt when we're angry at him? Do we think God is this grade school friend whose feelings get hurt when we walk away from him on the handball court? 
Do we suppose that God even cares that we disagree with his eternal will? Are we so arrogant and are we such a little God that our God would sit in the corner pouting because you or, or I were to, to say mean things to him? I mean, he, he put the stars in their place and he calls them all by name. He, he, he controls the wind and the storms and the waves. He, uh, he's God. You're not going to hurt God by running from him. You're going to hurt you. Understand this. The God against whom man is foolishly angry, he has no problem sending multitudes to eternal hell. The God toward whom some people spit out vicious words, that God allows city to crumble under earthquakes. Earthquakes. He allows villages to be buried under mud, mudslides. He'll, he sends hurricanes. He sends hurricanes and tornadoes to shred communities. You might say, oh, no, that's the work of the devil. Oh, you can attribute it however you want, but there's a sovereign God who allows things to happen or causes things to happen. That's another story. I'll just say this. It doesn't happen without God, and we better fear God. Yet here's man uh, who can't tell right from wrong much of the time, sitting there bitter and angry at God who holds everything in his hands. God makes this observation so clear in, uh, in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 6.12, for who knoweth what is good for man in this life? Just who even knows what's good? We, I don't know. I think I know. But God certainly does know. Uh, what, what makes man think that they know what is best or right? We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know the length of life or the course of nations. We can sit and weep before God. We can sit submissively broken over our loss or our suffering, but how vain and frail is man to harbor bitterness towards the Almighty. David said it right, Lord, in Psalm 39, 4, Lord, make me to know mine end, then the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Yet there they sit, basking in the useless spectator seat in some church where nothing eternal happens, with preaching so guarded it never offends, with a ministry so carefully aligned that it never touches sacrifice and sin is never named or preached against. And there they sit in their occasional church attendance, growling at God for the hurt they'd faced in life and condemning God that he would never be their leader nor Lord of their behavior. And they're not about to submit themselves to that God. Oh my, oh how foolish. Oh how foolish and vain is man. Oh, let me urge you, love him, love him, weep before him, tell him you don't understand, uh, be sick, and whatever you do, don't get angry at God. Um, now, on the other side of things, let me just close with this. Don't be too hard on people who do get angry at God. There's some pretty big burdens that enter into, into our lives. And if you sense that somebody's bitter at God, they're probably not looking to you for help. Uh, they're not looking for you to come along and straighten out. They're, th they're thinking, you just love them. Uh, you just love them, and you allow God to bring them around. It's probably not your place to correct them. We know there's no reason to be bitter at God, but we also know there's an enemy who's 6,000 years experienced and, and, and vicious and, and ruthless, and um, he knows how to manipulate circumstances as well as the emotions of men, all be good to people. And you stumble across that person bitter and angry, just love them and uh, be good to them and pray for them, uh, whatever it is you're facing. I'll just say this. It's too risky to get angry at God. I would rather face my trouble with God at my side 
than face my trouble mad at God. I don't want to go through sorrow without him. Oh, he's a wonderful Savior. And let's be faithful. Would you do that? Let's love him. Uh, let's worship him. And let's be faithful to him. And oh, let's don't get mad at God. Hey, have a great day. Thanks for joining us. 